This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only two-time PWG Battle of Los Angeles champion, King Ricochet, and you are listening to Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling, with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 245. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and it was a very literal week in wrestling this week where we found out that an eye for an eye means an eye for an eye. Evil is actually evil, and Dick Togo is actually a dick. Okay, so it wasn't entirely <laughs> literal. It wasn't entirely literal, but you know what I mean. Welcome to the show. We have lots to talk about today. Obviously, we've got to talk about Monday Night Raw, which just happened last night, and we have to talk about New Japan Dominion. Boy, do we. Where, where things happen. Things, things be happening. New Japan's been back for, like, what, two, three weeks now? And things are just going bananas over there. They've they've lost their damn minds, and I'm here for yeah. it. I'm also here for WWE. Can't wait to talk about that show. It was the Raw Go Home for Extreme Rules, the horror show, which is coming up. Or is it the horror show? The horror show, at, show Extreme at Extreme Rules. I can't keep track anymore. Uh, it's coming up this coming Sunday, so we have to talk about that. But, Nick, we've got a lot of housekeeping to do before we do a lot of the show. So let's do a lot of the one before we do a lot of the other. Yes. Uh, guys, make sure you come over and join our Discord community. It's the place to be. It's really hopping last night during Raw. Had a good time checking in with oh, folks. Uh, but Dominion. <laughs> nothing beat the Dominion chat at Saturday oh at 4 o'clock in the morning when I was <sighs> barely hanging on. Because I was like, I must make it, and I couldn't make it. Discord is the place to be for those live chats. So make sure you get into our Discord community. You can find links to all of these things down in the description below or over at BWOPodcast.com or pinned across our social media such as Instagram and Twitter at BWOPodcast. We also have a Facebook group where you can come and hang out and post some fun memes, read some news stories, and all that good stuff. <sighs> but our patrons... Patrons, oh, patrons. patrons, Mm. we love you guys so much. If you guys would like to get (laughs) access to some exclusive rewards, uh, it is the best way to support the show. Head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers to get access to the show notes, bonus episodes, uh, the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbags on Saturday, and you get to participate automagically in our patron pick'ems challenge. Next one up is... Automagically? Automagically, yes. 
Auto match. Auto simply nice. by donating Magical. five, just five bucks a month. You can get straight Ooh. into that. Ooh. Uh, you can get bonus episodes at ten dollars, Skype calls, bonus segments, all kinds of good stuff. All the way up, all kinds of good stuff over at Patreon.com/slash BWO. And of course, as always, make sure you slam that red subscribe button and jingle your notification bell. Set it to all right here mm. on the tubes of you to make sure that you get notified anytime we put up a new episode of BWO Daily or go live on Tuesdays and Saturdays. So lots of stuff going on, guys. Plus, we've got some big plans. Uh, We are putting things together to make a move uh, of Mm -mm. the live streams, and I'm going to keep dropping hints at it. I put up a big notice in the Discord and on the Facebook group to give you guys an early heads up so you can prepare yourself, but it's not happening anytime soon. It's just coming down the road. But get familiar with Twitch because we're going to be moving the live stream over there at some point in the future. Ooh. So lots more information to reveal Twitch. as we get things uh, together and what's going to yes. end up going where and which place. And we're multi-platform now, Ian. We've we're, got we're multi-platforming. We're expanding. Yes. We're all doing all that fun stuff. We warned you this was coming a year ago. Yep, we did. This is we had a long term plan, <laughs> and the plan is being executed, much like New Japan booking. Oof, good Lord, Gato, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, hey, there is. Uh, listen, forgive me. Much like a Sasha turn on Bailey, it's all coming to fruition at some point. Maybe. No, it is. It oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Well, our coming. stuff we is whether or not they pull the trigger on <laughs> Sasha and Bailey is to we be know determined. It's uh, but guys, forgive us if we go through Raw at a bit of a, a breakneck pace no, tonight. No, we're gonna give it. No, <laughs> I am. I am t- shaking <laughs> to talk about New Japan. But yes, as always, we are gonna yes. kick things off with the go home of Monday Night Raw. The least watched Raw in history, I might add. It's official. 1.56 million watched this Raw. Ouch. Ouch. And it's sad because it was actually a wasn't, wasn't a bad Raw. It had some good matches. We had some good plot stuff. We had some good character development. Like, I'm not mad at this. And it's kind of sad because Raws were getting 3 million a couple of years ago at a time when I thought that it was it was really hard to watch. And now I'm actually not having a problem watching it every week. It's it's actually keeping my interest throughout most of the show. Uh, some spots are, are spotty, but <laughs> for three hours, for three hours, uh, it's it's actually pretty engaging, and no one's watching it, relatively speaking. But again, we do, we can't say if we can point to that the the, the pandemic. Oh, we can't. The lack of crowds. Whatever the fuck that was on SmackDown. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I let one slip. I I let one out. I'm sorry. We are. We're good. TV 14 here. Throwing, throwing shade. That was deserved. It was was a bad. That was was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, this show was better. And it's ironic because the main event of this show mirrored. A match on SmackDown. On SmackDown, we had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus Bailey and Sasha. And here on Monday Night Raw, the main event, Sasha and Bailey versus the Kabuki Warriors for the women's tag team title. So very similar where you have a tag team containing one of the members. It was is heading for one of the championships on the, the around the waist of the uh, one of the tag team champions. So Nikki Cross is heading for Bailey's championship over on SmackDown, and Sasha is heading for Asuka's Raw championship on Raw. So we had basically the same booking, the tag champs, facing a tag team that included uh, someone who's challenging one of them on the upcoming pay-per-view. And yet somehow, Nick, this match 
the match on SmackDown, we we all kind of like yawned at and stretched and just were eh, eh it was. Oh no. This match, however, I thought was was very entertaining. We, what was we the were, difference? It was the same. They didn't the have thing. a freaking karaoke competition before this match. That was the difference. We I was so that mad. That was the difference. I, no, no. Keep it to just this match. Why was this uh, match? Why was this segment, not the whole show? Why was just this segment better than the one on SmackDown? Was it the was it the entertainers involved? Was it the fact that it was Asuka and Kyrie Sane instead of Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross? Because Alexa and Nikki, I thought, were very game and very entertaining as well. Why was this better? I think by the time we got to end, the end of SmackDown on Friday, we were all just like, "F this, flipping tables, like this is this is terrible." But that was a, However, that was only a two-hour show. This is three. hours. I know, and- but the, it was a this was one of the best opening hours of Raw I've seen in a while, and we've got new people coming back that we've been asking about. Like there was there was a lot going on on this Raw, and I was hyped by the time I got to this, as opposed to like. Oh my God! Stab me in my eyeballs! By the time we got to the main event on Friday, <laughs> take it out of my eyeballs. Yes. So I but that's this- the difference for me. Is it, did it work great? Yes. I really enjoy Oscar and Kyrie Sane. I really enjoy Sasha and Bailey, and they overall just all seemed very hyped. And and Oscar and Kyrie Sane coming out to the proper Kabuki's entrance and <laughs> coming out to meet Sasha and Bailey, and something just felt better and more orchestrated about it overall. That's really my take on it. The match was, I don't want to say interchangeable. I mean, there wasn't anything. Because it wasn't. It wasn't interchangeable. I, that's And that's kind of what I'm okay. gunning at, Nick, here, is that I felt they tried really hard on SmackDown to make it an entertaining match, but it just, it just for, for whatever reason, it fell flat. Maybe Nikki seems like less of a contender, and Sasha versus Asuka seems like more of an intriguing matchup. Maybe that's it. Maybe the chemistry is better between the Kabuki Warriors and Sasha and Bailey because, let's be clear, this was hot fire. Yeah. This was a badass match. It was really good. It was fantastic. Um, and, you know, I, I, I enjoyed watching every minute of this, whereas I lost interest in the Alexa Bliss and Nikki versus Sasha and Bailey match. And again, I... I don't want to lay that at the feet of Nikki and Alexa because I feel like they went out there and tried. Maybe it's just that that Asuka and Kyrie are just that much better and they bring Bailey and Sasha up to their level. I think so. I think there's a higher level of creativity and innovation in the ring that comes along with an Asuka and Kyrie saying things like little uh, on the, uh, out of nowhere double hip checks through the ring ropes and things like that. Just you don't you're not going to get more interesting that. spots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to get Maybe. that out of it. It's going to be more formulaic with Alexa and Nikki, and that's not a knock on them. They're they're fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, but, but I, they're very WWE style. Yes. They're very locked into. Okay, at this moment you're gonna we're gonna do you, the only time they break their styles when they get outside and mug outside the ring. But then we get back in and we have kind of the same uh, sequence of events. Whereas this definitely felt like we never knew what was going to happen next. Whether it was Kyrie saying doing a double spear, uh, whether it was Oscar and Kyrie working together to interfere with Sasha and Bailey in multiple different combinations, and the ending it was actually really surprising as well with Kyrie hitting an insane elbow, getting pulled out by Bailey, Bailey and Oscar taking each other out, and then Sasha ending up reversing Kyrie surprisingly into a bank statement and getting the one two three clean. Um. And it, it bears noting that Kyrie, we thought, she, well, she probably is still on her way out of WWE from everything that we've heard, but they're giving her a damn run. Like, yes, she ate the pin, but they made her look like a damn monster in this match. Yeah, the last five Everyone minutes of the match, I, I thought, well, wow, they're, I, they might flip them to the Kabukis here. This this could get interesting going into Extreme Rules. You know, 
which is also a sign of how good of a match it was, is yep. it, when we genuinely don't know the ending. We thought we do, but then they make us question ourselves. That's a good sign. That's uh, that's what keeps us interested. When we have <laughs> Alexa and Nikki, at no point did I think they were going to win that match. Agreed. And send Nikki, or, or you know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't believe that. And if they did, I, I still don't think Nikki's going to to win on Sunday. Sasha might beat Asuka. Asuka might retain because of other things we saw on the show. There's a lots of things open-ended here with the, with the Raw feud. So this was more entertaining. Props to them for that. But you mentioned the opening hour of the show being great. I have to disagree because the opening segment was MVP hosting the VIP Lounge with Dolph Ziggler. I love this. Which, which was Dolph coming out and saying, essentially, uh, Drew's been on my coattails. He owes everything to me. I called him up. If it hadn't been for me bringing him into Raw, he would still be on, you know, on the indies. We're completely erasing his NXT run, apparently, We're, in kayfabe. Right. <laughs> but uh, so he, Dolph's talking smack and saying Drew owes everything to him. And, of course, out comes Drew McIntyre to say, you know what, Dolph? Actually, you're full of it. You owe everything to me, and I'm sick of your crap. And you think you've got one over on me on Sunday because you think I'm just going to beat you. I'm not just going to beat you, Dolph. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to injure you. I'm going to break you. I'm going to tear you apart, limb from limb, and then leave you lying on the mat, and that's going to be that. And he delivers all of this dead eye to Dolph, who's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, sure, you don't really mean that. <laughs> and then Drew goes, no, really. In fact, let's do it right now. Sucker punches Dolph, who's hiding behind MVP, just grabs his belt and walks away. That was the segment. Well, hang on. You glossed over the best part to me, which was the little the shucking and jiving that MVP and Dolph were doing. Like, oh, I think that was really good. I, you know, I did too. And it's just that comedy improv, sort of ir ironic comedy that just two dick heels in a suits just complimenting each other. You know, uh, that but that was so fun to me though. The weird part about it Drew, was that's heel work. That's no, they, as the commentary said, he, they Dolph drew out the Scottish psychopath. He's still that guy who can kill you. And that's what, how they've built him as a champion is he's legit AF. He's like, he's a great guy. He's when he's on your side, but you cross him and he'll wipe the floor with you. And that's kind of what they were going for here. He, he didn't seem healers to me. He seemed like a champ who'd been pushed too far. I, you know I mean? don't know. I don't know if I like that drew. Oh, come on. That feels come like we're on. going Why? back. We're regressing to Scottish psychopath territory. What's wrong with what's wrong with him having I a want dash happy, of Scottish overly confident, nearly unbeatable Drew McIntyre. Just go, yeah. You want happy to be there, Drew? You really? Because that's all that's what Vince McMahon wants all of his faces to be is big smile and I'm happy to be here. Say your prayers. Eat your vitamins, kids. Look, can you beat me in doing a push-up challenge? <laughs> that's right, everybody. You're watching a WWE. And here we're getting Drew McIntyre, who's like, Yeah, I you know what? I can be a cool guy, but if you cross me, I'll rip your arms off and beat you to death with them. I like that, Drew. I like the fact that we can have both. We can have our cake and eat it too. Um, and we might. Sure, I'll I'll, I'll agree. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't I dislike like it. I, I, you don't like having a bit of an edge on your champion. I I don't want Drew, Edge Lord Drew McIntyre. I, I want I want I want that big 
the difference between what you described as, hey, happy-go-lucky, eat your vitamins, all that stuff, is kind of what we would see out of a super happy Johnny Gargano. Like, hey, guys, the rebel heart, I'm here, I'm the heart of NXT, and all the year, the year, the year. Look, look what they did to Finn Balor, where he kept coming out with that horrible plastic Smiley grin. Finn, yeah. So Ricochet. I, <laughs> all I want is big Drew. The difference is, is that Drew McIntyre is a big-ass mm-mm that you know can do that without having to explicitly state that he will rip your arms off and beat you to death with them. You but just know he, he can. But when he says he's going to, you freaking believe him. Okay. And it was this was great, and to have Dolph just not believe him, Dolph still holds the stipulation. We don't know what the stipulation is. The only reason to watch this match now is to find out what the stipulation is, because we know Drew is going to destroy Dolph at this point. They're making Dragon Ball Z references in chat again, and I don't understand. Can you help me out? Uh, <laughs> okay, well, they're making completely inaccurate ones. Oh, uh, Troy okay. is saying, to use a Dragon Ball reference, Ziggler is Goku... To McIntyre's Vegeta, was it? Wait, what? His what? Yeah, exactly. And 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 Line Drive is saying Troy Ziggler is Raditz. Ziggler, Ziggler is like Captain Ginyu at this point. And and right at this point, Drew is Goku who's been training in the spaceship, and he's just he's he's been sitting in the in the fluid, and he's gonna pop out and absolutely wipe the floor with with Captain Ginyu who's been giving our our our, our boys trouble for a while here. Guys, I have He's going to no wipe the floor with him right now. I just And Drew's you know. Drew's stipulation is kind of like Captain Ginyu's body switch power where he's going to he might trip up Goku for a second. Drew, Goku's going to wipe the freaking floor with him. Drew's going to wipe the floor with him. And this is just we're just delaying this. But that's the problem is this segment just made me go, "Okay, Drew's, it's entertaining to watch Drew say, I'm going to wipe the floor with you, but it, was, it added nothing to the match. At this point, the only reason to watch the match is for the stipulation, which we don't even know yet. It's why they're keeping it a secret, and they didn't reveal it here. This segment served no purpose. And that was my, that was my complaint about it. It just was kind of there. Luckily, it was short. I, I would have loved to have seen Adolf Ziggler join Bobby Lashley under the MVP That's The Hurt Business. random. They're doing something else right now. They're all down and down working with uh, Cedric and, I, and Ricochet I, I and Apollo with the with the U.S. title. That's a whole. They're doing a whole different thing right now. Maybe that comes around later. Did this segment give you any doubts around what's going to happen with the match between Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler? That was really my question. Or do you just believe that Drew McIntyre is literally going to remove his arms and beat him to death with them? I'm going to say that whatever the stipulation is. It will help Dolph for part of the match, put Drew on his heels, but Drew will ultimately overcome the odds because that's what WWE <laughs> champions, what the guy does. Right. He right, that's Super Cena, that's Hogan, yes. that's Lex Luger, that's Roman Reigns. Oh my God, he's a he's an underdog now. Somehow, even though he kicks out on one from everyone's finishers, he's an underdog for a hot second. So that's all this is going to be. Um. That being said, that segment was short. Taking up a huge chunk of the show, however, was a whole bunch of business around Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio in their ojo por ojo, eye for an eye match that we're having on Sunday, where it appears that someone will actually have their eyeball removed from their head. We've actually gotten reports that WWE is actually planning CGI for this so that you will 
pardon the pun, CGI, I, CGI, no, okay. They're planning to use computer graphics to have a computer-generated eyeball pulled from someone's head. And it's just a matter of who. Who's it going to be? Ray, who's already got a, quote, injured eye and is wearing an eye patch or like a, a, a covered side of his mask. His One eye hole is covered with a screen. Or Seth, who came out to cut a promo was essentially, where essentially he said, man, I didn't, I didn't know he literally meant pulling out our eyeballs. But all right, but, I'm down. But, oh, yeah, <laughs> basically, uh, but, uh, okay. If you want me to pluck your eyes out of your sockets with a spoon, Ray Mysterio, I'll happily oblige. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess I'll do it if, <laughs> if I have to. Uh, but so the funny thing about this was, was you've got you have Seth sitting here kind of realizing I've actually got to pull someone's eye out or he's going to pull my out right my eye out um and and working himself up into this fervor where he can actually do it and say well you know Ray you finally pushed me too far which of course is great heel logic where obviously Seth did this to himself uh but then you have Kevin Owens to come out coming out and saying you know Seth you should think about this because you did this to yourself, pointing out what we want to say to Seth at the same, you know, at this time. Yeah. He's saying Ray is one of the nicest guys there is. Everyone loves him. He's a legend for a reason, and not just because of what he means to this business. But you made this nice guy so pissed off that he wants to tear your eyeball out. And Kevin Owens says, "I I get it. I was so mad. I wanted to shut you up so bad at WrestleMania. I was willing to put my career at risk." So I get it. But damn, Seth, look at yourself in the mirror. Look at your life. Look at your choices. Take all your shit. Put it in a bag. Get all your shit together. Put it in a bag. Get your shit together, Seth. Look at what you've done to this little little innocent <laughs> look at man. What, look at, <laughs> you've, you've made him well, want to tear eyeballs out of people's heads. He's, he wants to tear out your eyeball. Wow. My goodness. So is, is the Seth stuff getting a little long-winded for you, or are you still into it? You know, I I thought that this um, this segment here, this this promo here, because he had new stuff to work with. It wasn't just uh, Ray Mysterio. I, you know, I, I I I'm gonna hurt you and your son because this the greater good. Now it's something new. The the fact that he was realizing, um. Oh crap! I've actually, you know, I've got to do this. That made this more effective, and it made it more interesting because it was something new. But of course, that wasn't all that happened. We had to have uh, quite a few things uh, go down in this segment. Seth and Kevin Owens had to have a match, but not until Murphy and Alistair Black had to have another match. And I gotta say, Nick, I, I, I on the one hand. I could always watch Murphy and Alistair Black work together yes. because it's just it's just buttery. Oof. It's just it's delicious. These guys are so good together. But we've seen them work together so much in the last few months. Don't care. So you're still cool watching them every week even though they have <laughs> no real purpose. Like they're 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 at this point they're two enforcers fighting and they have nothing to do with the plot. I I, I casually dismiss that thought from my head, and I enjoy the spectacle of of sports and, and sports entertainment 
put in front of me. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I and I agree with you for to point well taken. Um, but at the same time, when you get two really solid, solid guys in there working like the, as well as they are, it just it almost doesn't matter anymore. You kind of forget about that and just watch the wrestling. It's incredible watching those two. And the, I it's been a long time since I've said there are two guys right there that I could watch wrestle forever. I could, but I, I'm frustrated because I want them to have a purpose for wrestling, and they don't really hear. And Alistair has become so bland, yeah. he's essentially become a tattooed good guy Murphy. Yeah. And they're both fantastic wrestlers, just Alistair actually has a gimmick. Murphy doesn't. And, the, and they're, we're not seeing his gimmick, his awesome gimmick right now. He's just a guy who can go out there and do a kick-ass match. But that's Murphy, and Murphy's just kind of there as well. So one thing that was one thing that was driven home though was Murphy was sent packing after the Alistair Black match. Alistair beat him again. Oh, actually, excuse me, it was a DQ. Seth pulled uh, him out of the ring, but he'd eaten a black mass, so Murphy went away. But then we had Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens, and we had Rey Mysterio came out along with Dominic and Alistair Black all ringside during this, acting kind of like like a, a, a mini lumberjack match. Yeah. And the entire match was Seth being endangered when he got out of the ring. And it was him fighting against the, the odds, which is interesting because that's a juxtaposition from how you would usually go home to this kind of match, right? Usually it would be the heels overwhelming the baby faces. And at the end of this, you'd really want to see the baby face finally get the win and put the heel in his place. Whereas we saw Seth get the crap kicked out of him, get overwhelmed by the numbers. And despite everything he pulled out, including poking Kevin Owens in the eye, everything he pulled out to try to get the win here, Owens ultimately puts him, gets a, a stunner on him, puts him down, one, two, three, and then he gets chased off by all the good guys. So did Seth just have, to, like, did he just have his penance for everything he's done wrong here? Does that open up him to take out Ray's eye on Sunday? Like, what did you feel? Because usually the reason, like, the, the way you get people's money is by saying, tune in Sunday, maybe the heel will get his. But we just saw him get hit. Do you remember how we felt when we heard that The Undertaker and AJ Styles were going to have a, a boneyard match at WrestleMania? We were like, what the? what? What is a boneyard? That's kind of how I feel about this match. I have no idea what this is other than that they kept driving the thing home that it's the horror show at Extreme Rules and somebody's literally going to take their eye out. I, I have no idea what to expect here. And, and I, I don't know if that's being done intentionally or if this is what they meant, but this is the way they've steered the ship. I don't know what this match is going to be. Is, is an ojo por ojo match going to be no DQ? Is it, I mean, it's extreme rules, so it might as well, is it going to be tables and chairs? I mean, like, are we going to have a whole bunch? Is Seth, because here's the one thing I was thinking is Seth, where's, we don't know what happened to Austin Theory. There's no reports as to whether it was an allegation against him from the speaking out movement, whether he caught COVID, why Austin Theory has gone bye-bye, just vanished off of our TVs. I can't find anything on him. No one seems to know what happened to Austin Theory. Uh, we don't know if Seth's going to get someone else to join up with him and turn the tables. He's, he's a cult leader with no cult. Yeah. He's got Murphy, and Murphy just got taken out here, and he's all alone against overwhelming odds. I, you know, logic would dictate that Seth would go find someone to have his back at this point. Or that it would but push who? him into desperation where he would do something like damage the other eye of Rey Mysterio. 
You know, well, that's the what he was saying. On, on his, you you in back his a scared was, dog into a corner, they get defensive and aggressive really quickly. Well, right? what he was saying on, in his promo was he's going to take out the other eye. That way, Ray can't see Dominic get married or never see his wife again, et cetera, et, sure. et cetera, et cetera. So that that is kind of what they're going for. But this was a very odd way of sending this angle home. I thought, me too. and it, it makes me curious what's going to happen Sunday, but not in a good way. Um, I, I have the feeling that an eye for an eye match is going to make me want to be blind. <laughs> That's a good point. Really good. Point. I just, I'm, I'm nervous about this match. I, th- I think that the concept is dumb off the bat because you're never going to make it. Like, what is going to be the resolution that anyone's going to like here? The only thing that I've got to take away from this, Nick, the only part of the segment that I that I popped for was uh, <laughs> was Kevin Owens. Saying, "Hey, I brought you something." He pulls on an eye patch and says, "You can you can act like Jean Paul Lafitte and wear an eye patch." Referring to PCO, uh, former Ring of Honor champion, recently, who genuinely has one eye, and the shit he does with one eye is unbelievable. So, that is pretty funny, uh, and that was a cool, cool little nod. But yeah, I'm nervous about this segment. Or like his former um, friend Moxley did for a few months. For a best thing, for like a little bit, they're going to pull an eyeball out. All right. I don't know. Enough about the eyes. Enough about the eyes. Let's go talk about crotches. Angel Garza uh, and Andrade had a match against the Viking Raiders. It was an elimination tag team match, which is an interesting stipulation we don't see a lot of. Uh, started off backstage with Charlie Caruso interviewing Angel and and getting the vapors because Angel, of course, once again flirting hard uh, and and trying to trying to say like, yes, everything between me and Andrade is okay. You know, we we got this. We have this handled. And then in come the Viking Raiders mm-hmm. to say, you know, you've been throwing shade at our, our boys, the Street Profits. you got to go through us. We're going to show you what's what. And in the middle of all of this, Charlie Caruso all of a sudden realizes that, my goodness, Ivar is a handsome chunk of hairy man. You not uh, so much. Nick, you not so much. Not Eric, not so much. But Angel is sitting over here going, what? I thought you were – I thought I was Charlie's angel. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I thought I was Charlie's angel. But no, now she's looking at now she's looking at Ivar. What is this? Perhaps Ivar has more of a package than the Angel Garza. How is this possible? He has a massive man beard. He has a mass. What is he hiding under this man beard? <laughs> he has snacks. One can only, I can promise one you can there's only snacks speculate. in here. <laughs> snacks. <laughs> you would know, beard yeah, boy. Yeah, I would. Uh, I loved. Got, the, got I loved how he. Fourteen day the old little things about this. The way Charlie was looking up at Ivar, it paid a little bit of, uh, paid a little back to all of the whatever you can do, I can do better series that we saw with the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits and all of those little zingers that the la- various ladies that would show up in those vignettes would. So I mean, it paid it forward a little bit there. I like that. And Ivar taking the rose from Angel Garza, yeah, and presenting it to Charlie as if it were his own, and then Angel going, what, what. <laughs> what? What? Uh, just this. I That's love That's right, this whole Angel. Thing. You may have a Garza dong, but I've got a turkey leg. <laughs> hey Oh, my goodness. All right. This is getting weird. We'll still talk about the match itself because this was an elimination match. Eric, of course, not only is he not the attractive member of Viking Raiders, he's also the first guy eliminated. And then it became a two on one handicap match Ivar versus Angel Garza and Andrade. Andrade ends up going out first, but helps Angel Garza pick up the pin. Uh, saves him when he's getting pinned, puts his leg on the ropes, and the Angel's able to pull off a powerbomb on Ivar for the victory. A- after which, you know, he, he was sitting there spreading his legs and showing off his guards a dong on the, on the desk, and, and Andrade had to applaud him and yeah. say, you know what, you, you do have the superior package, my friend, uh, and also you won that match. So well done. 
But this is the question I have here is were the Viking Raiders the gatekeepers for Street Profits? Are we seeing Andrade and Angel now gunning for the Raw tag titles? And if so, at Extreme Rules, or do we wait until SummerSlam and strap these two guys? And then if so, is this the male version of Sasha and Bailey? Are we heading for a breakup with Angel and, and Andrade? No, I mean, it's Sasha and, and Bailey's been going on for like a, a well over a, almost a year now. Uh, Sasha came back at SummerSlam last year, right? Walk with me here. I'm saying right. the same kind of thing. Right. You know, not 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 apples for apples, but again, where you have tag champs who are then going to be breaking up and they're in a the tag sure. team, and we're seeing that we're seeing the the rift potentially happening. Here. Yeah, I mean, as much of a rift as we saw between um, Hangman Page and and Kenny Omega over in AEW, and they're still champs and they're still, you know, together. So I, they're doing the fist bumps now. They're they're on this. They keep made a point of it. We're on the same page. Is one of them going to turn right. on the other at some point? Like for reals, we'll see. We'll see. I, there's other things going on with Ric Flair's and Randy Orton are getting involved with these guys now. So who knows where this is going to go? Honestly, a little bit, yeah. But that they have a whole. We'll get we'll get to them. We'll. There's much to discuss there. We'll get to them. I guess the last thing I want to talk about here, and this is sort of a, a, a regular topic on our show, Nick, is the tag team divisions in WWE and the fact that WWE tends to not give the tag teams their fair shake. Do you feel that what the booking here is a step in the right direction this week, last week? Last week we had, um, it was Randy and uh, Angel and, and Andrade versus Big Show and the Viking Raiders. This week is a tag team elimination match. Street Profits are still out there as the champs. Do you? We still got Ricochet and Cedric kind of bouncing around. We'll talk about them in a second. Do you feel like the tag division is getting a little bit more love now, or are you frustrated still with how they're being booked? I'm in this weird gray area. It's neither one of those two. It's it's somewhere in the middle of those two. I look at New Japan uses tag teams to build storyline and you know set up you know be the warm up acts for lack of a better word or phrase for the matches that we really came to watch, right? And then you've got mm -hmm. AEW that is building one of the most robust tag team divisions in history of the business. And now we're seeing WWE tr feels like they're trying to do the best with what they've got, but I still feel like Andrade and Angel Garza are legit champions as singles wrestlers bona fide that could have massive singles runs, yet we're meddling... And somehow trying to force them into the be in this tag team, but yet we're breaking them apart. But no, they're on the same page. We'll bring them together. In a, are they a tag team yeah. or not? It creates intrigue. You, you, that's a, that's a tale as old as time. Tag team guys who can't quite get along, but yet they still win matches. I get, yeah, I get that. But I do you the, feel this is a holding pattern until the street profits are back? Like because uh, Angelo just had a kid. So I mean, basically, the raw tag division is street profits and Viking Raiders. And. Well, like as, as like if you're talking about just like tag team tag teams. I know you still feel that Angel and Andrade are not a tag team yet, and well, I suppose but, they're sure, not. But, but they're still for the sake of argument. Let's throw those two in there as well. Now there's three teams. Okay, who else? Uh, Ricochet and Cedric, <laughs> Vink and Thorn. What <laughs> you asked? <laughs> I, I know. I know. So are we going to? No, I, I don't think we should strap Angel Garza and Andrade. I think they should fail. And that le ultimately lead to something that does break them up and does make and them And then you heads. really have no tag division. Sure. So you're actually cutting yourself off the knees there if you cut off one more team from the sure. tag division. Sure. Also, and this is just to kind of underline something here as well, this wasn't a proper tag match. If you wanted to see tag team wrestling, you didn't get it. You saw a handicap match with a couple minutes of tag team action. 
So once again, it shows that they don't really care about tag teams because the only story that they can recognize here is a, a handicap match. No, they're in the business so of building superstars. They're not in the business of building tag teams. And that, Which that's one of the things that I've because, realized. Yeah, you can, but you can build a superstar tag team. They, they have existed once upon a time, and, and they're starting to again. Ricky Morton's still out uh, there tweeting and doing... doing <laughs> he is. You know? He certainly is. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I am very curious where this is going. Um, uh, I had another question about this, and for some reason I've lost in the notes, so maybe I'll just move on and we'll just forget it. All right. But, but anyway, well, maybe I'll, I'll hopefully I remember it by, uh, by next week. But bottom line is, is yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how long they run this and if they end up putting belts on Andrade and Angel. I think they should, frankly, just to keep the, the story interesting. Okay. Uh, but let's move on and talk about... We were talking, mentioned Street Profits. Well, ancillary to Street Profits, of course, of course, is the wife of Montez Ford, Bianca Belair, who has been notably absent ever since she was called up to Raw. She's been hanging out over on main event winning matches. Well, she's now on Raw winning matches with someone who hasn't won a match on TV in over a year, Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot was supposed to have a handicap match against the Iconics, but she was able to find somebody to go out there with her, Bianca Belair, and uh, they went out, and I'll put it simply, they won because <laughs> Bianca got hot tagged in and beat the absolute crap out of the Iconics. Yep. Uh, welcome back, Bianca. So what do we think about this, Nick? We, they mentioned Liv Morgan on the commentary. It seems pretty much fait accompli that Ruby's going to be heading back towards Liv. We're going to have some sort of reunion there. We'll have one more women's tag team with the reunion of the Riot Squad. Where does Bianca fit in this? Is she kind of like the redemption for, for Ruby? Um, Ruby tweeted out after this, it feels good, but something's missing, which, again, I think this is we're heading back towards Liv here. Where does Bianca go after this? Does she replace Sarah Logan as the third member of the Riot Squad? Do we need to have the Riot Squad be a trifecta? No, we don't need to, but at least it would give uh, uh, Bianca something to do. Ah, do you... I, I think that'd be a, a real waste of her talent to be in a trios as opposed do, to being a singles wrestler. I do wrestler. too, but I'd rather She's have a, her out on TV than in catering. I agree as well, but did you see her in this match? She should be one of the top women in the company. Yeah. I, I, have, I will die on that hill. She is a freaking superstar. She is not getting any younger. Jesus Christ put the rockets on her and strap her. You know, they've got, they, you know they know what they've got with her performance in the Royal Rumble this year. It's just it's so it's so stacked at the top of the card right now in the women's division. I don't know if there's any room for her, but God damn it, make room. I mean, for her, you've had Becky Lynch step out of the way. Charlotte is out for a uh, undisclosed amount of time. Uh, there is plenty of room at the top of the card, frankly. Right now, it's all Sasha and Bailey all the time. Like it's the the two of the four horsewomen are out of the way. Now you've got the opportunity, as we said a couple of months ago. Uh, coming right out of money in the bank, I think it was back in June. The 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 opportunities abound, ladies, and there's really no uh, no better time right now when the top two women in the company are out, and you can't find a I, way to get Bianca Belair into a singles match for a championship. Like, come on. Will had a Will had a great idea here. He wants Bianca to have to to. He says, well, he wants Bianca to beat Nia's ass. I, but like a feud between Bianca and Nia, where you basically got. You know, unstoppable force, immovable object, like someone with the strength and power of Bianca. You could have, you could really put her over by showing off how strong she is against someone who looks imposing in Naya, and you finally would have someone that Naya could fight 
who is going to be, I think, on her physical level, right, who can take some hits. That would be, I think, a great plan. And, and Nia can lose, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. And Bianca can win and look great and just elevate her that much more. What I don't want them to do, Nick, is send her towards another woman who came back to TV on this episode of Raw, and that's Shayna Baszler. No, I don't want that anymore either. I, before we move on to Baszler, okay. if built right, and I'm not saying do this immediately, I'm saying if done right over time, you could build Bianca up to be a massive face. You could build Nia up to be a massive heel easily. Absolutely. Right? And you could eventually get, to, and I'm not saying they're one in the same, but I, you could get a WrestleMania three Hogan Andre moment where Bianca somehow finds figures out how to power up to Hulk up and slam Nia Jax. You could have a moment like that, but I, I just I feel like it's going to happen exactly as you just described. They're going to feed her to either Nia or Shayna Baszler. And judging by your reaction, something crazy. Oh, wow. Okay, something did crazy just happen. <laughs> As she likes to do. Esme. Esme has oh come in God. and uh, seagulled $70 into the oh chat. Oh, my God. Says, working late Esme. but sending happy thoughts from my still shook shell. We're, we're getting to that. Oh, oh yeah. She, well, she, you, didn't, you didn't say what she first said there. Evil. <laughs> Evil. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> screaming like Hiroma right now. We're getting to that. I can't wait to talk about it, too. Oh. Good luck at work, Esme. Thank you for dropping in, and thank you for... You're absolutely, You're amazing. You're insane. You I love you. Holy crap. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> recovering. Shaking it off. <laughs> My goodness. Did you even hear what I said? <laughs> no, okay. I didn't. <laughs> TLDR, I think you could build them up over time. Bianca and Nia could have a Hogan-Andre moment like they did at WrestleMania three, where you find a way to have Bianca hulk up in a way to be able exactly, to put down yes. a Nia Jax. I caught that part. Right, right. I caught that part. That's really what I was yes. getting to. Not, Bianca is strong I, enough to be the one that could potentially put down a monster like Nia exactly. Jax. Exactly. You have her, Bianca pick her up and slam her like an Andre. She's, she's made in the shade. Yep. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. That would be a great feud. Shayna Baszler, on the other hand, who came back to interrupt a, a, a face-off between Akira Tozawa and R-Truth and – Akira says I was ninjas naturally. She interrupted their match. Our truth was our truth was backstage. Uh, found out from Cedric and, and uh, Ricochet that he had a match with Randy Orton. Was concerned. Went to try to get kung fu lessons from uh, from Akira Tozawa, who's told him no, he wasn't going to help him. So they ended up having a match. I, I don't know. This was weird. It was entertaining, but it was weird. Uh, we end up with every with the ninjas and Akira and our truth in the ring, and out comes Shayna Baszler, kills all the ninjas. Akira Tozawa goes, I'm good, takes off. R-Truth goes, I'll show myself out, tosses the mic to Shayna and pieces as well. Shayna looks into the camera and gives a, an unfortunately hyper-scripted promo that, to her credit, she pulled off. Yes. She was able to make it actually work, where she essentially just told all the women in the division to watch their back. Uh, she was coming for them. Uh, reality was coming, and she's that reality, or something along those lines horribly scripted promo like just no one talks like that guys right but Shayna looked authentic walking to the ring she looked authentic staring down to the toes out on the ninjas she i mean had a great expression when she was looking to the camera she you felt she was delivering it seriously again 
when she first starts speaking, the voice that comes out of her mouth is not what you expect. But I feel like she found the wrestling voice by the end of the promo. It was a good promo. She felt scary. She felt scary again. I felt like, cool, we've been having stop-start booking with Shayna. All right, she's back. She's back on track. They still know what they're doing with her. But where does she have to go? Nowhere right now. Where? If Asuka retains, Asuka Shayna would be a good feud. That would be a good feud. I, agree. I could go either way. Asuka could win or lose, and you'd be fine because she would have had a good run with the belt. Um, That's actually a good point. If you guys remember back a couple years ago, Asuka, for her undefeated streak, re- relinquished the belt. She was never beaten. We never got to see Shayna. In NXT. In NXT, yeah. right? We never got to see Shayna Asuka. I'd like to see that. I'd really... <laughs> What is it? The Oscar Lock versus the Coquina Clutch? Not the Coquina Clutch. Uh, Kirafuda Clutch. Kirafuda Clutch. There you go. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I would love to see a Shayna and Oscar feud. That could be good if Oscar retains. Even if she doesn't, having an Oscar Shayna feud would be good and then have Oscar put over Shayna um, and go take a break because she's been working her butt off. Yeah. And, and damn it. She's awesome. Until MVP showed up, she was the MVP of this uh, no-fan era that we've been in. Totally true. Totally true. So Shayna, Asuka, I could see being a good feud if Asuka drops the belt, or if not. But Shayna, Bianca would be not good for... Well, it could be good for one woman, but not for both. Both of them need to look dominant and win. So I'm very nervous about Shayna coming back. Really happy with how she came back, though. It's just a matter of where we go from here. And I hope they have an idea of what they want to do with her because the last thing she needs is another stop-start, hot-cold booking situation. It's the last thing she needs. <sighs> Nick, we're almost done with Raw here. Just two more segments. I've got to talk about Bobby Lashley. He was backstage. He destroyed Ricochet in a match. It was Ricochet selling for a bigger man. Ultimately gets destroyed by Bobby Lashley. Uh, okay, I think they're trying to build up something where ultimately... Ricochet and Cedric might end up coming back and beating Lashley in MVP. I don't know what they're doing with this. It doesn't seem to make much sense. It's they're keeping Lashley hot, I guess. Uh, it was a way to keep us reminded about the U.S. title match, kind of. It just was kind of there. The real meat, though, was in this one last segment that went through a few different bits. Okay, and that was it. Started off with Big Show talking to Ric Flair backstage. And I loved this because the two guys were just talking. They weren't scripted. They were just kind of rapping. And Rick's saying, hey, Big Show, remember you know, in my special when I said that of all the big guys I've ever faced, and I've faced tons of them, I can list them all, but you were the one that was the most, most athletic. And I'm telling you now as a guy who respects the hell out of you and has for years, don't mess with Randy Orton right now. He's on another level. Uh, he's back to being legend killer. Just, just leave it alone. And Big Show comes back at him and says, you know what, Rick, I respect you too, but I need you to understand something. If you keep siding with Randy right now, you're going to find that you're going to be losing a lot of friends over this. That's When we were talking about Shayna Baszler's promo being very scripted and very unnatural, this felt natural in terms of logic, intention, the history between these two guys. Nick, this was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was kind of a moment that uh, was in there where I was just like, oh, God, this got tense real quick. It felt, it felt realer than most things yeah. in WWE, yeah. and that was what was cool about it. Um, 
Later on, Randy had a match with R-Truth for some unknown reason. And for some reason, it wasn't for the 24-7 title, which supposedly is defended 24-7. I mean, theoretically, I mean, of course, Randy just killed him. Rick came out first and said, hey, R-Truth, because Randy's a nice guy, he's not going to punt your head off. He'll just give you an RKO. And Randy Orton comes out and does just that. R-Truth tries a little bit of uh, skullduggery. doesn't work. Randy Orton, RKO. And then pins him. Doesn't win the 24-7 championship. Doesn't pin him again. This was interesting because Shayna Baszler had a chance to get the, the 24-7 championship off R-Truth. She didn't go for it, which is fine. She doesn't need that belt. No. People that are saying she should have gone for it and gotten that belt, remember, she'd have to lose it at some point. And they don't want her pinned. So that's why she didn't go for it. Randy Orton didn't go for it because what's Randy Orton going to do with the 24-7 championship? The problem is, all that makes you think is, who gives a crap about the 24-7 championship? It makes it just more that much more irrelevant. What was relevant was after this match, Big Show comes out when Randy's about to punt R-Truth's head off because it's Randy and he's a liar. And Big Show's the angry giant again, chases off Randy. Randy says on the way out, hey, Big Show, guess what? I want an unsanctioned match, you and me, next Monday. And Big Show angrily accepts so next Monday, unsanctioned match, Randy Orton and, and, and Big Show. This was all good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm liking all of this. I'm liking how Randy Orton is being portrayed. I'm liking Ric Flair kind of like almost like gleefully having fun being a bad guy again with him. And then Big Show just being just like, I hate you, Randy Orton, for what you've become and what you are right now. And I can't believe that you're taking Rick on this ride with you. I'm loving this. But why not have this match at Extreme Rules? It seems like a perfect match for an Extreme Rules match. I agree. It's an unsanctioned what, match, right? What's Randy doing at Extreme Rules? Nothing. Nothing. What's Big Show doing? Wh wh Nothing. Why have this next month? Why have this the, are there, the morning after or the night after Extreme Rules? Are there more matches that I don't know about that are happening at Extreme Rules? I don't that, know. That this, that this would not, like, I don't get it. I don't know. Is Randy too big of a star for this? And they're worried he's going to draw a spotlight? I, I don't get why have it a week from now. I don't know. Maybe they're not planning on having that much of a match, and it's just going to be, you know, they don't want to have something that's just going to be a quick scuffle on the show. I'm not sure. I'm liking a lot of the, the work that's going into this. I'm liking a lot of the character work and the angles and the performances. Jesus, Big Show is doing great performance as well here uh, with his frustration with Randy. It's all, it's all fantastic. Um, and I loved the conversation between Rick and Big Show. That was all good stuff. Yep. This was wonderful stuff. Uh, it, it kept me entertained. I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going with this. And Nick, I'm going to leave this with, and I'm going to leave Raw with, and I want, to, I want to get your feedback. Randy Orton, Big Show finishes up. Where does Randy go? I'm sorry. I thought you were going to leave me with something. I am. I'm, I'm leaving you with a question. Oh, they. Uh, where does he go from here? I don't know. He's out. He's out of people to. He, we got to wait for Edge and Christian to get back. Let me throw something at you. Okay. Drew McIntyre. I believe that, and I think it would be a good move. I right listen. Now I've said it before here on the show. I think Randy Orton could be the one to surpass Ric Flair in in championships. That whole 16 time that John Cena tied. I think Randy Randy Orton has probably got another five years in him and could probably go get three or four more title reigns. I, I, I would not be mad at Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre at all. It'd be a hell of a lot better than freaking Dolph Ziggler. Well, I have a feeling that they're going to run something else maybe till SummerSlam. I don't know if they're going to jump Randy on that by SummerSlam. Um, maybe they'll have that run That's cutting it a little close. Yeah, we're, we're already like six close. weeks out of SummerSlam. 
And you, you want Drew to have a fairly long first reign. Yeah. I would assume. And, you know, but imagine Randy being champ when Edge comes back. Oof. And Randy's hot as hell right now. He's still a draw. He's doing great work. Got Rick by his and side. You know he, yeah. It, it, that's it all a, works. That's a, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. That could be great. Um, if there's anyone who could take it off Drew and feel legitimate taking it off Drew, it's Randy. I'll say this. It's better this, than gender. You know, I know what, Drew what we had that, prophesized uh, after Drew, Mania. You know? Well, until until gender exploded another leg. <laughs> so, But, yeah, that's, that's definitely, I think, a better program. So... We shall see. We shall see. But Nick, that is it for Raw. It was. A, it was a very watchable Raw. It's just too bad no one watched it. That being said, there were lots of people watching the other show that happened this weekend over in New Japan. I don't think we talked about the final. Of the New Japan did. Cup, did we? Did we talk about that Saturday? We okay, we did a whole Dominion preview. Yes, sir. Where were you? <laughs> I know, it was three <laughs> days ago, question. right? I, I don't. Know. I know. I don't know. We did. We set everything up for Dominion. We set. We we even gave our opinions, Nick, okay. on the different outcomes of these matches. We made our picks. Uh, oh, that's right. We said it has to be evil because it, it doesn't kinda, make. But there better be some drama. So wrapped let's around let's start it. off. Let's start off with the, the three major matches from Dominion. Yeah. Let's start off at the top. And let's let's work. Let's work up to the main event because there's a lot to discuss on the main event. There's a lot. There's a there's a lot. People. Shingo Takagi versus Show for the never open weight belt, and I think a lot of people kind of under they uh, they weren't ready for this. <laughs> they didn't see this coming. Um, they underrated it before it even happened. And if we remember earlier this year, Shingo and Sho had a couple other other really good matches. Yep. This was the best one. Yeah. This was the best match on the show as far as a wrestling match is concerned. Hands down, period, bar none. This is actually one of my favorite wrestling matches of the year so far. Wow. This was a this was a banger. These two dudes went at it balls out just this this was this felt like watching two testosterone molecules bang together. This was awesome. Um, Hard-hitting, badass match. Shingo, Shingo Takagi does retain, however, over show, as he should, as we picked. But it appears his next opponent, guy who attacked him after the match and stole the belt, was Desperado. El Desperado. Despy getting some love, finally. Love um, it. Shingo, Shingo versus Desperado? Put it in my eye holes. <laughs> yes. I'm down. Yes. I'm so down. Another very underrated worker in Desperado, so happy with that. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Ibushi, they are the tag champs, or rather, they were the tag champs because they dropped the belts to Taichi and uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, boy. They're going to be insufferable now. So I, I will give credit where credit's due. I thought this match was going to be 20 minutes of Zack and Taichi ripping off Hiroshi Tanahashi's leg again. Because it's basically what they did the entire New Japan Cup. Yeah. And thank God this was not that. This was a back-and-forth match for most of it. We got Deadeye, Fugue, State, Ibushi at one point. We got Demon Ibushi. It was great. <laughs> but ultimately, Fugue the tide State. turned. Just, uh, must kill. Terminator Ibushi. Terminator Ibushi, yeah. Terminator Ibushi. Um, but ultimately, the tide turned when finally after... after uh, forever, I want. I forgot he even had it. The Iron Glove of Doom, 
came out of the bag. Taichi pulls out Izuka's old weapon and clocks Ibushi with it. The, the finger poke from hell. Out goes Ibushi. Tanahashi tries to rally. They ultimately finally get him into some dragon screws, some elevated dragon screws, tear his leg apart, put him down. Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. are your new tag team champions. But my question is, I, I have a feeling they're doing a really long-term burn with the glove. But remember, the glove in kayfabe drives people insane. It drove Izuka insane. That's why he was just at the end of his career was a rampaging beast that would ran, run around the crowd. He had to have, be, him, be on a chain. They had to have him on a chain. And he left it in the ring, and Taichi picked it up when he retired. Interesting. So now Taichi's using it, and it won him a title belt. But at what cost? Ooh. At what cost? Did, you see are, where I'm going with this? Are, are you becoming a fan of Tai Chi? I'm becoming a fan of Tai Chi's storyline if he starts going insane because of the damn glove. Uh, okay, it, it's 2020, <laughs> folks. Shit's crazy around here, and Sir Ian Dangerous is becoming a fan of Tai Chi. The storyline around him, not the <laughs> guy himself. His entrance still makes me want to kick puppies. Imagine if oh, all yeah. of a sudden I started saying, you know what? That Nia Jax has got something. <laughs> if they gave Nia Jax a pair of brass knuckles that totally started driving her in insane, and the last person who had them was a rampaging beast who ran through the crowd, and they had to hold them on a chain, and you could envision a time where Nia Jax lost her mind and had to come out as a rampaging beast that ran through the crowd on a chain... Would you not be at least a little bit intrigued? Uh, yeah, sure. In intrigued that someone has Nia Jax as a chained up beast. Yeah. All right. Right. I'm curious. Like just like, like despite all her rage, she's still just a Nia in a cage. <laughs> like that could you would you would be intrigued anyway. I'm not I'm not explaining myself any more than that. Fine. We have new tag champs, but that's not all. The main event, Tetsuya Naito, double champ, intercontinental champion, and IWGP heavyweight champion, coming out against former stablemate, Evil, who turned on Naito at the end of the New Japan Cup. Evil won the New Japan Cup, and then as Naito came out to congratulate him, Evil betrayed him, put him down with everything is evil, and then turned to Bullet Club. That moment so, where Naito... <sighs> Held the fist up, right? And yes. uh, Evil comes in to do the fist bump, and then it just morphs into a two sweet. Last second. Oh, shit. Two sweet. Nani? And it was, oh, my. You could, you could hear Milano's heart just drop down into his stomach. Right. Uh, so Evil comes out to face Tetsuya Naito. New music, new look. His hair is down. He looks crazed. He's, he's, he's got he's new old, friends. He's old, up. He's got new buddies with him. Oh, yeah. He's wearing awesome Kong's outfit with the skirt and everything. Yeah. Uh, it's a whole new evil, more or less. So then we have the main event, which is basically just, you know, evil trying every trick in the book to take out Naito, including one of the gnarliest table spots I've ever seen. I mean, not ever seen, but it, in recent memory where he drops Tetsuya Naito on his knee, and the knee is actually the thing that breaks the table. Oof. That on the outside. Oh, Wasn't the best spot oh, in the match, your... though. What was your favorite spot of the match? Where he goes over and he grabs the scythe from his biggest fan on commentary. 
Milano. Milano. Yeah. And very dramatically breaks it over his knee to the point that it drives Milano to hesitantly think about it. But he comes over the rail <laughs> to get it to evil. just to jump evil, only to be thrown into the barricade and basically annihilated. Yes. Uh, th- that was, I, at that point, I was just. If oh we my weren't God. sure that evil was turning evil, yeah. when he breaks his number one fan's evil toy. And then beats up his number one fan. Come on. Come on. You son of a bitch. For years now, we have watched every single time Evil comes out. Yeah, your favorite entrance theme. Yeah. Right, he's over there with his scythe and his little fan. Just, oh, let's listen yeah. to the music. <laughs> Worshiping him. <laughs> basking. Basking in the evil glory. Well, no longer. No longer. Oh. Uh, but it wasn't over then. You had, uh, you had all kinds of interference by the end of this. Um, so including, I mean, evil was, like I said, trying everything in the book, throwing, throwing, uh, chairs in the ring. He tries to hit Naito at one point and red shoes gets in the way with a piece of the table <laughs> to block him, which was, uh, he does finally land that chair there. shot on him though. And the whole damn cushion bottom half of it comes oh, off. Oh, he just takes, yeah, just pops the cushion right out of the chair. Oh my good God. Uh, the ref's uh, still so out of the finally, ring at that point. And well, I'm getting the, I'm getting the finish okay. where you have well, finally, finally, yeah, finally, red shoes goes down. They finally, the ref takes a bump, and of course, you know it's happening. As soon as the ref takes a bump, out comes Bullet Club. Red shoes had sent Bullet Club away at the beginning of the match. You knew they were coming back. Oh, yeah. It was a matter of time, and it was just it was time spent watching Naito's eyes looking at Evil, going, "I thought I knew you." Yeah. Like his expressions in this match were great, but out comes Ishimori and Jado, as you'd expect. They get involved. They try to take out Naito. He fights back, fights off both of them, and ultimately gets back in the match against Evil when all of a sudden the ref goes down again. Naito and Evil both lying in the ring, and out comes Bushi. And Bushi comes out to help his dude Naito, and he helps up Naito by the side of the ring and then pulls out a garret and puts the rope around Naito's neck and chokes him out with it before distracting the ref Evil grabs Naito, chicken wings his legs, and stomps on his little on his on his Naito's. Yeah. Stomps right Naito! in like just one. Of the, you can, oh, you can hear them both collectively screaming, Naito! That's how Naito talks now. Naito! Uh, oh, oh. One thing real quick before we move on. When Bushi came out with the garrot and was strangulating him, I was like, Oh no! This, okay, so there's a much bigger story here. This is like, and we we <laughs> Hiromu coming out to get rid of J- Jado and. Uh, Ishimori and like oh we're seeing this actual splintering of this entire LIJ faction built around Naito yeah. now. Hiromu came out to save him from Jado and Ishimori, oh. so we knew that Hiromu was still on his side. But then Bushi comes out and chokes him out and allows Evil to stomp on his nuts and then go for the pin, puts him in everything is evil down. Red Shoes is kind of looking around like, anybody? No, nothing? No. God damn it, i got to count this. He falls down. One, two, three. And the entire audience goes, <gasps> Evil is your new intercontinental and heavyweight IWGP champion. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay, so first things first, obviously it wasn't really Bushi, and anyone who's seen Bushi knows that because this dude was jacked and didn't have blonde hair sticking out from underneath. Didn't have black, black lips, lips either, yeah. Yeah, very obviously not Bushi, 
but it was enough to you know sell the story. So Bushi gets in with the newly crowned evil, pulls off his mask, and it's Dick Togo, who is an old-school Japanese wrestler. If you guys don't know who he was, you can go back and watch the Choppy Choppy PP sketch with Kai and Tai back in, on, on uh, WWE on Raw. He was one of Kai. He was an original member of Kai and Tai. Uh, he's also been working for Michinoku Pro a lot. Noah, he's been in the Japanese indies. He's been around for freaking ever. Legendary badass. He went on a whole, I think in 2012, 11, 12, around there. He retired. He unretired in 2016, but on his retirement tour, he went for like a year, kind of like what um, uh, uh, Dr. Wagner oh. did. Yeah. He went on a year tour and he actually fought El Generico, Sami Zayn, out here in PWG for the PWG title wow. at the time. So, yeah, Dick Togo's been around forever. He's now apparently Evil's pareja or partner. Uh, so, that's a big twist. Evil's still with Bullet Club and now the champion. <sighs> Bullet Club back Nick. in business. Bullet Club back in business. A um, couple, thing, couple this, things I got to think... get to before we uh, yes. break this down. Uh, Marshall with the $5 in the super chat. Thank you, Marshall. Uh, Evil is still never open weight. Six man champ with Bushi and Shingo. Bushi Do they make Shingo. something of that or bury it? You, though they've got him. That's, yeah. Come on, man. That storyline right there. They're yeah. making something of that. Yeah. You can't bury that's a, that. That's a great storyline. Yeah. 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 Uh, thank you very much, Marshall. Also, Kyle with two bucks in the super chat says, "Real question: Where was Sonata, or I don't know, the freaking rest of the giant Lij faction? Where was everybody? Giant Lij faction? What are you talking about? So, so first of all, thank you very much, thank guys. You. It is very appreciated. Thank you to everyone who always who does that. You guys are awesome. But so Bushi, that was Bushi's mask. So we assume Dick Togo beat up Bushi. Hiromu came out. Shingo had a match and a war. So he was probably back in the showers." Sonata had no excuse. Was he just not there? The only excuse Sonata had is that he's just, he's just that tranquilo. You know, not my title's not my problem kind of thing, which is very LIJ. You know, that is kind of the LIJ way. But it also, I think, maybe it might have detra detracted from it the, because the real drama came when they started putting the boots to Naito again after the match. All the Bullet Club got out there, and Hiromo came back out to make the save. And uh, started walking on the ring, yelling at evil, you know, saying essentially, what the hell is wrong with you? You know, come on in, face me man to man, which evil does. And Hiromu says, in effect, um, I don't know what's going on with you. Tell me, give me, give me an explanation at least. Or if you won't give me an explanation, then fight me. I want to fight you for your titles. And evil gets right in his face and it goes, <laughs> drops the mic and walks away. Loved it. Ugh. And then Hiromu you know, claps on his knees on the mat as, as evil and, and the bullet club is walking away and starts shrieking like full on anime. My heart's been torn out from his soul, shrieking, screaming evil, basically doing an impression of all of us in the midst of all of this global nonsense. <laughs> he, let, he did not scream inside his heart, Nick. He let it all out yeah. and then ran screaming off to the back. Uh, we do know now that Hiromu will be facing evil at Sengoku Lord, so the challenge was accepted. Yeah, I think I called my Hiromu shot a little one step too early. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we got his title Because, hey, he's getting his title shots now. He's getting his title shot. But this is the th you, but th they make a good point. Where was Sonata? Yeah. Does Sonata align with evil? Does he, is something else going with him? Is he just too tranquilo to care at this point, and he's going to come around later? Or is he in the back going, damn, Naito, I tried to tell you, dude stomped on my nuts in the New Japan Cup too. Um, you could. His name is Evil. You could have seen this coming. Do, is that does Lij fall apart here? 
Yeah. One wonders. I mean, it would be the it hell of an end to a faction. Is I mean, is it Gato's favorite thing to just mess with LIJ fans? Is like that his is that what he gets off on his trolling LIJ fans? They actually I post this in the group because we were having a big explosion about this in the Facebook discussion group. They actually have, I shit you not, there is a bit of merch that is an LIJ tissue box. It's a box of tissue like with all of the Los Ingobernables stuff on it. For Los Ingobernables fan, a tissue box to wipe your tears. Are you freaking kidding me? Or a glass to collect them so that the Bullet Club members can drink away the LIJ tears. <laughs> they are quite tasty. <sighs> Give me your salty tears. Uh, Will James with $10 in the Super Chat. Oh, Thank you very much. Thank you, Will. Thank you very much. He says, I feel like this is turning into uh, uh, EIJ, El Ingobernable de Japón, with Naito all by himself down the road. Um, El is the right, singer right. of Los. For the not, not Spanish, right. Yes. Um, El Ingobernable. Well, yes and no. So, obviously, Hiromu is still very much on Tetsuya Naito's side. And that makes sense if you look at the history of, of Los Ingobernables, which was formed as a way for Naito to get back at Okada and cheat and just mess with Okada. And Evil was his first disciple, his first member, his first, the first guy to join him was Evil. Um, and then Sonata, and then Hiromu, excuse me, and then Bushi, and then Hiromu, and then Shingo. So having Evil defect is like the biggest blow you could strike. Yeah. If the rest of LIJ mans up, then you have this kind of, you know, then they're, uh, you could say that they're crippled, or whatever, uh, or if Sonata defects too, and he could rebuild it from other people. There's Lord knows there's people out there you could make LIJ and it'd be it'd be cool. But I don't see Hiromu defecting. No. Because his relationship was different than Evil's. Evil's was very much a business relationship. Um, they both wanted to go out there and just cause havoc. And to that end, they were happy to. Sonata was there mostly just because it was like a cool thing to do and he didn't really give a crap. And it was other guys who were kind of Mexican influenced like he was. Yeah. But Hiromu, it was almost like for his sanity, and Naito kind of took him under his wing like a little brother and treated him that way. Remember when, uh, oh, actually, it's a good time to bring it up. Remember when Bad Luck Fale killed Daryl? Yeah. And Vividly. Evil came out every time. Every t- yeah, right. And every time that, well, not every time, but most of the time, Evil would come out holding Hiromu's vest or his jacket whenever when Hiromu got injured. Um, like they all took care of each other, and Hiromu was like the little brother figure. Like that was his role. Um, when 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 Daryl was ripped apart, Hiromu kept coming out with like holding nothing, right? Pretending to hold Daryl, and Naito would even fist bump the air because he would fist bump Naito. He would fist bump the cat, but then he would like just to just to kind of like help Hiromu's mental state. He would like, yeah, I'm I'm fist bumping Daryl for you, little buddy. You okay there, man? All right. They he cares about Hiromu and vice versa. That's why Hiromu's reaction here was so great. So. I think LIJ will be okay. I think they'll be okay. It's a, it's a solid faction. It's a huge moneymaker for New Japan. I don't think they want to break it up. Do you think Bushi, uh, Bushi does actually seem like the one that might actually go with Evil? Do you think he's No. He's he just got defect? beat up by Dick Togo. No, he's got beat up by well, Dick Togo. He's point. not going anywhere. Good point. Um, at least we assume that. We assume he didn't give it to him. Where does his heel turn fit uh, for you? Is this better? Because we just saw Kenta do a huge heel turn. Last year, 
Yeah. This is another huge heel turn and another huge elevation of somebody. Kenta also went with Bullet Club. Well, we started talking so about this got, one, and when we said let's save it for the show. So yeah, so let's let's do it now. Um, as and I think what I was going to say is I enjoyed the drama of this one because I did not have the the history of Shibata and Kenta as you did. Yeah. So it wasn't as dramatic Ugh. for me uh, with Naito at the end of Wrestle Kingdom. Having won the, the well, that's when it was right. Kenta came out and kicked Naito at the end of Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, he he turned on Shibata. Yeah, I know. What you're, I know what you're saying. That so this to me was bigger than an Turn individual. On Goto, go to go to yeah. Go ahead. This was yeah. bigger to me than just an individual. This was this was on par with. You know, and it wasn't the inner turmoil stuff quite as much as we've seen with AJ, with Kenny, with Fit, with Prince Devitt. You know, turning on the inner members of themselves and eating, basically, you know, establishing a new alpha. This was yeah. this, this was interfaction. This felt like a like a like a Prince Devitt to Gucci turn. Yeah, like one of those. But again, for me, like you said, for me, the Sonata turn felt personal. I was actually I was mad at Kenta because he kicked he kicked Sonata Shibata. Was a, a guy a, a Shibata. Thank you. He kicked Shibata. Uh, Shibata. It's a good bread. He kicked Shibata, um, and 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 used Shibata's own move on him, and then sat on him. Just like the disrespect was so like I hated Kenta. I was angry at him. This was this was fun for me. Do mm. you know what I mean? This was a fun turn. I enjoyed this turn. I was like going, this is crazy. I can't believe you guys are doing this. The Kenta turn actually got me. So for me, it's it's almost like apples and oranges. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah. But the the real question we gotta get to here, Nick, is let's let's take a step back and 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 well, do, be less excited Will, about how Will James was nice enough to correct himself with yet another ten dollar super chat Thank to you, say Will. dos ingobernables de Japon. <laughs> Bushi, Bushi, Shingo, and Sonata all turn on Naito and Hiromo and it's dosing Gobernables de Japon. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Uh, but let's talk about this seriously. Is Evil a main eventer? That's like he just got the rocket strapped to him, part probably because they didn't have any other options. Jay White's out, Kent is out, um, Bullet Club needed somebody to be the big muck and muck at the top the of it and be yeah. a real threat. The alpha. There's a storyline there with Naito. It makes sense. It's great booking, but is Evil the right guy? Is this a short-term thing? Is he transitional? Are we doing this just to get us through the end of the uh, the small audience era? I mean, or realistically, is, do you believe do you believe in Evil being a main eventer? I don't know that. That's uh, my my gut shot answer is no because they've never given me a reason to believe he was until now. Okay. But the mm. realistic thing that I'm looking at is it's July 14th as of today. We're only four, five months away from Wrestle Kingdom. So you, and we're gonna have a G1 in there. Am I doing that Steiner math right? August, September, October, November, yeah, December, five months. January. Ah, damn, yeah, nicely, five nicely months, done. right? So I could totally see Hiromu losing in this match that he wants at the next event. He is not winning at Singapore. No, no. Anymore. Let's be clear. Let's but be clear. I do see Hiromu <laughs> going on a run and at least having, maybe getting a win during the G1 over Evil to get that opportunity, much like Jay White did, or maybe winning the G1 and going on to face Evil at Wrestle Kingdom as a sort of redemption angle here. I could see that. Mm -hmm. 
I wonder. I wonder how long they'll keep Evil in the in the main event. It it would certainly would be. Maybe it's an experiment. Here's what I you do. Know, Here's what I do. The feel. time of year they can do an experiment with it, take it off of him, buy the G. Because remember, the G1 isn't until October this year. Right. I mean, it was like six. Well, it's more than that. Anyway, what I have realized, and one of the reasons I made my pick for Hiromu uh, to win the New Japan right. Cup, was because I think they recognize they've got a, they might have a limited amount of time left with him. Mega he, he's mega like, talent. Yeah. He's on a razor's edge potentially with his neck. You never know. Uh, yeah. You know he could show up the next week and be like, "Guys, I sorry, doctor said no. I got to be done." Yep. Right? True Daniel Bryan style. You know, especially with the way that he wrestles. Good <sighs> lord! Between him and Ibushi, I just can't take it anymore. The way, the, dude, the way he came down on one of those lariats from Ishii oh. in their match. Just like, oh. I sent you a picture of it, and I, and I know that it shriveled you. Um, but, uh, but that's why no, that's why I'm picking yeah. Hiroma. I think we've got an opportunity. We've been riding the Okada, Naito, uh, Ibushi, Tanahashi train for a better part of a decade now. And yeah. throw sprinkle some Omega in there as well, right? But we've been on this ride now, and mostly the centerpieces have been Okada, Tanahashi, Naito, Ibushi in some semblance, right? And what I'm looking at now is like, okay, 2020, new decade, fresh start. Okada, he's a he's doing a clutch now, which is just boring. The Cobra, what's wrong with the Cobra clutch? It's Come just, it's not, it's boring. <laughs> I, I didn't think anything could get more boring than the Rainmaker. Boy, he proved me wrong. Oh my god! Shots fired. Shots, Shots fired. Yeah, these are controversial <laughs> statements from Nick on the uh, show today. But I look at Evil. Okay, promising talent. Let's give him a shot. Hiromu, we know he can go. But we, we need to push him now. So So you agree evil might be an experiment while while some of their other main eventers are away. Skeptically optimistic, yes. Okay. Yeah. As I always we'll am. see what he can pull off. It's definitely gonna be interesting because Bullet Club is gonna be absolutely stacked. They got like fourteen guys in Bullet Club, and at least four or five of them you could say could be in a main event yeah. at any given time. Yeah. That's a stacked roster right there. They could even do another Bullet Club breakup angle at this point, given how many guys they have in there. Does evil so, go after Jay White, who is the sort of anointed one when he comes back who knows yeah there's they leave themselves open for a lot of things here i thought this was an interesting decision a lot of people hated it a lot of people really crapped on it i loved it i thought it was a great turn it, if you're going to have evil turn it's about time because he and sonata were just kind of floating along there for however long doing nothing this makes it interesting naito didn't need the belts um one of the reasons you take the belts off naito is have you seen his legs yeah. <laughs> he's barely working these days and his knees are taped to crap Bo and they're, they're sh- they're they're shaped like a paperclip that wasn't straightened out all the way. Right. They're the it doesn't surprise me that he can't work a main adventure schedule right now, a top of the company schedule right now. Put it on someone who's younger, who's got a little bit more in the tank. And you automatically have a story with, you know, the young lion history with Hiromu and Evil. You've got storylines there between two guys who can go out and do some work. So anyone who's complaining about Evil being champion right now. Look at what they've got to work with in New Japan. Look at the storyline opportunities that presents himself with. Um, and it's a safety because you can have this experiment right now safely with New Japan. And then when the rest of the guys get back, you can either continue with it or not. Yeah. So to me, this, this worked on every metric. It worked from a storyline perspective. It works from a business standpoint. Some people didn't like the match. I was entertained by it. It was not a very New Japan match. It was a very Western match, yeah. which was the point. They were, supposed to, they were trying to piss off the crowd. So that's... I was fine with all of this. I was. I thought it was a great time. And if nothing else, I also had the Shingo and Show match to fall back on. I wanted some New Japan wrestling, so dug me some Dominion. Um, 
Marshall in the chat, $2. Thank you very much. Thank you, Marshall. Uh, he says Japanese BC versus cutthroat BC. Yeah, maybe Jay White goes and forms his own faction, his own his own Bullet Club faction. A la the elite uh, breaking away from Bullet Club. But then where does, where does Gato go? Because apparently Evil and Jay White are both his boys. Good point. Who knows? Good point. Who knows? Yeah. Um, you know, I, would... I think I'm most interested to see what happens in the storyline with Hiromu and what happens when Jay White, when Big Boss Man comes back right. of Bullet Club and goes, hey, Evil, congrats, welcome, but uh, don't get too ahead of yourself kind of stuff. And then do we end right. up having that alpha versus alpha kind of thing like we've seen yeah. so many times in Bullet Club or at this point. control of Bullet Club. Oh. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. yeah, only can have so many alpha males there. Yep. So yeah, we will see. That is that's a that's a very good point. Um, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. What's, I'm just, I'm what's still mad next for New Japan? Uh, Sagata, you said. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you threw me there. Uh, Sengoku Lord? No. What am I? What am I? Why am I screwing this up? Um, <laughs> you got me. Damn it, Nick. Damn it! I stumped him. Finally. You got it. It's, it's taking it's four years. Time. Screw you. <laughs> uh, no, I was just curious, like, what we had to look forward to when it comes to New Japan, because now I'm hyped. I was I was mostly, and I've still got the remnants of my... Sengoku Lord, I was right. Yeah. yeah. You didn't stop. I've still got the Bastard. remnants of my New Japan cut bracket over here that were shredded. Uh, that you tore up! I did. <laughs> so I was so mad that Hiromu did not go through and pull that oh. off. Um, more. Impo- I think I shredded it when. Are you fight. happy now? Uh, Are you happy yeah. now? I just, do you believe I, in our Lord Master Gato once again? Yes, I do. I'm sorry I ever doubted you. Yeah. Please forgive yeah. me. <laughs> sorry, Master Gato. But Nick, we got to get out of here, and uh, that means we have to go do our last. <laughs> it was that was a tough one. It means we have to do our last segment, our moment of positivity. That's right, the moment of positivity, the mop, the time that we take to let everyone leave our show in a better mood. So we talk about something that happened this week that left us with a positive impression, that made us smile, that put the warm fuzzies in our stomachs, made us feel like we are a little a little down feather was petting us upside the face. Something nice. What what made you smile what was your moment of positivity for this week nick my god i mean just it's hard not to say the the drama around evil over in new mm. japan all of it like the 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 bigger narrative uh, of everything that went on with him making the run up out of the b block against all odds that i had thought like there's no way he's getting wow he's in the final wow he beat okada Wow, he just beat Naito. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the, the hell run. is going on? Just all of that. Run. Wow, yeah. he defected to Bullet Club. Like, how, <laughs> how many moments do we have to have for evil in two nights, really? Like, yes. So I, it's hard not to say that and to see someone that I've legit been a fan of. He's, I, he was one of the first ones that when you were You in, have. You've been an evil fan for a while. You were introducing me. I think it was the 2017 G1 and I, re- I just, I really connected with the scythe and, and the music. Just that riff, right? Also, that was the one where he had the banger against Okada, too. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that was, I've been a fan of Evils for three, four years now. Three, I guess, since the G1 in 17. I mean, it was it was it was kind of hard to watch 
but at the same time, I'm happy for him. <laughs> I want to see I want to see more out of this. I want to see other players get opportunities like this, especially in a in a place that's just drowning in talent. You have so much talent over in New Japan right now, top to bottom, uh, all the way from I mean from the LA Dojo and the Young Lions all the way up to Okada and the top of the card. Yeah. It is drowning absurd in talent. over there. And that's with people gone too. Like juice is juice is gone. Kent is out. Jay White's gone. Like there's so many people are not there. <laughs> Osprey, Osprey. We don't even have Osprey around right now. He's going to come back as a heavyweight. You realize that? He's coming back as 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 like you know big sex pig o- o- Osprey. It's insane. If you have not seen so, pictures on Twitter of Will Osprey recently, uh, boy's a hog. Yeah, he's he's boy, he's he, packed on thirty pounds. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's over two twenty easily. He's a big boy. boy. Boy got big. Damn, um, boy! <laughs> damn, boy, you've been eating? Um, I, I love this. I love the fact that our chat is on the same page with me. Because, actually, I had two moments of positivity. And they they said both of them. They said both. Shout out to Marshall and Kyle. Um, I was actually going to say, uh, I was going to ha- have an addendum to your mop and say, you know, in addition, Nick, it wasn't just the evil one and, and paying off that angle and being, you know, having a perfect a perfect heel turn. But in front of a crowd. Yeah. And they weren't vocalizing much because, you know, they know that obviously, like, one of the things you do in a pandemic is not make lots of noise and spit everywhere. They were just clapping. But they couldn't help but gasp and boo when he won. And seeing in front of a crowd was a mwah, a beautiful thing. But I'm going to have to go this week with, like, I was so elated to see Bianca and Shayna back on Raw. And to be specific... Not just that they were back on Raw, but also being portrayed how they should be portrayed as badasses. Yep. Bianca portrayed as a monster. Shayna portrayed as a terrifying, terrifying human being. So it wasn't just that they were back. It's that they were back the way they should be back. So that was my moment of positivity. Well, fantastic, man. That's a really good one. Mm. And, and yeah, Kyle and Marshall, you guys nailed it. Red Shoes defending Naito. And the, and of course the Milano segment that I that I outlined just and so just, much good stuff. Oh God, when he when he threw as we Milano said, it was into over, that barricade, overbooked as hell. But who cares? Yeah. Overbooked as hell? I don't care. I, don't, I, don't I was care. I was I was invested. <laughs> I don't care. It was so, so good. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, sir and dangerous for all of that, and thank you guys. Especially shout mm-hmm. out to everybody who joined us live in chat. Thank you guys very much, and a sp- big special shout out to Will and Marshall and everybody. Uh, Esme, Esme, $70 oh seagull drop. I uh, hope you had a great night at work, but man, you can't scare us like that. Holy smokes. I mean, you can, but we love you for it. But I, I know she, she does that. She's been on a rhythm with doing that recently. It's just, oh, mm. Whew. thank you guys so much for all of the support. We thank really you, love everybody. it. Um, make sure you guys are subscribed. If you are just listening to the audio version of this, we do do this live every Tuesday and every Saturday. So yeah. you can come and join us. And again, I'm going to drop the reminder, twitch.tv slash busted wide open. Make sure you're following us over there. Uh, familiarize yourself with Twitch and the mechanics. I'm going to make some videos for you guys and post those in both Facebook and Discord. So you can. I'm going to give you the walkthrough of Twitch so that you Thank can you, learn Tech it. Daddy. Um, so all of that stuff, uh, I'll, I'll show you how. the. Op- there's so much more for you guys to do and interact and all of that over on Twitch versus YouTube. But 99% of it will be exactly the same. It's just on a different platform. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Follow us over on Twitch. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at 
BWO podcast and patrons. Uh, thank you guys so much for all of your love constantly. Uh, if you'd like to get in on some of those rewards, patreon.com slash BWO. Sign up for one of those reward tiers. Get access to show notes, bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff mm. over there. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.